Welcome to Garage A Trois. Thanks for listening. What up, lady? I need to come up with a, a more elegant greeting, but I'm always just so excited to talk to you. Exactly. Well, the people should know that the software that we use doesn't do any sort of a ping to like let us know that we're connected. You just have to sort of listen for the white noise. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the the clock now and make sure it's like recording. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, it's like, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> happy a, hump day, my friend. Oh, happy tell hump me. day. I have, a, I have a song stuck in my head because the kids are learning a new song and I'm they're constantly singing it. So it's stuck. David Bowie's uh, Life on Mars. Uh, you got to sing it for me. I'm not sure I know it. You want a little piece of it? Um Look at those sailors fighting in the dance hall. Oh, man, look at that. Those cavemen go. It's the freakiest show. <laughs> That's my Bowie impression. That was good. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> what are they? Are they singing it? How are they learning it? Piper's learning the uke and ukulele and Lola's singing. Yeah. So they do. They have a little du- duet situation happening. Marie, I just have this vision of them as teenagers performing at Zoe's. <laughs> My mom. That would be like her dream. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, first of all, they're totally adorable, and I don't want to be so surface level. But I also feel like in you know today's digital visual world, these ladies. I feel like we need to come up with like a, a name for them. A duo name. Yeah. Although Piper and Lola is pretty fucking cute. <laughs> yeah, their their names are cool. I like them. It's like they were built to be the next Chloe and Hallie. They're going to be like Little Mermaid, Beyonce pick. Those are all pretty specific <laughs> to Chloe and Hallie. Sorry. Are you familiar with those ladies? No. Oh, man. I'll have to so, look them up. I don't know which one is which. I don't even know if they're twins. They might be twins. It's their two black sisters. Super beautiful. Had like a YouTube show and somehow Beyonce found out about them and signed them. And then one of them might be Chloe, might be Hallie. This is like a real, you know, Dylan and Cole Sprouse situation. I don't know who is which. I'm not sure it's going to ever matter to me. Um, Got picked to be the Little Mermaid in the live action Little Mermaid. Oh, I do. Yes. Now I know who they are. Yeah. Were they on like one of, you know, how Disney does the sing-alongs every now and then they'll do it uh, like around Christmas or some holiday. They'll do like a Disney sing-along. I think they were on the Disney sing-alongs and that's probably how I know that. Oh, how fun. Yeah. They're definitely, I feel like they're definitely like Instagram, you know, a product of social media and that they were able to find a platform really quickly. Yeah. Um, So uh, it would make sense that they got very quickly hoovered up into the Disney world, if I do imagine. <laughs> Piper and Lola, you heard it here first, guys. David Bowie covers and more. And more. <laughs> yeah, we'll put some up. <laughs> I don't think I could tell you four words of lyrics to any David Bowie song. <laughs> I could yeah, like, 
comment for you. Yeah. Harry's a big Bowie fan. I mean, I love Bowie. I was sad when he passed. That was very sad. Yeah. But some of the early stuff, like, I have no idea he, he had, like, songs before, you know. Songs before uh, what? Ziggy Stardust. Or <laughs> oh, got That's it. probably the most famous. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That's how much I know. I think my favorite Flight of the Concords episode, I don't know if you ever watched that TV yeah. show, um, is the David Bowie episode where he keeps appearing, Jermaine keeps appearing to Brett in dreams, but it's different eras of David Bowie. Bowie. And like, yeah, no <laughs> offense to Jermaine, but he is not exactly built like David Bowie. <laughs> and so it's like even funnier because he's just got this like big potato head and like this big like meaty body. And, and there's this one part where he's like, I'm freaky, freaky David Bowie, man. in some unitard oh they're all unitards but he is like he's probably like a good 220 you know whereas i think david bowie was probably 120 pounds yeah (laughs) oh how funny yeah that's good go back freaky freaky david bowie man (laughs) man (laughs) yeah it's like his He's a New Zealander, and it's, like, his version of an English accent. It's so good. <laughs> the whole thing is so good. I, I am a really big fan of those guys. I actually saw them in concert one time. Ooh. I don't know if I've told you this story. Aziz Ansari opened for them um, in concert. It was somewhere in L.A. I think it was at the Wiltern in L.A. And... Um, I hated Aziz Ansari's stand-up. I just thought he was lame, and I was, like, pissed that he was, like, in the way of them performing. (laughs) Um, And I didn't really know who he was at the time, but he, on one of their episodes, he's known as the racist fruit vendor, and it's, like, this ongoing joke where he is being really hostile to them. Um, And I think at the end, the joke is he thought they were Australian, and when he finds out that they're New Zealanders, it's he's all like, good. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> um, but then they performed afterward, obviously, but it was like a full on concert. And that is what I love about them so much. It's sort of like Tenacious D, where it's like, yeah. they're amazing musicians and have chosen yes. to be weirdos. Yeah. And, you know, it. it's like the songs are just preposterous, but they're like, they're bops. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I think my request, what we're getting around to, is if Piper and Lola are willing, I'd really love for them to learn uh, some Flight of the Concords. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my birthday is coming up in November. They've got time. We've got plenty of time. <laughs> um, amazing. What else is going on other than you all learning really cool hip music at a very young age? Yeah, exactly. Um. So we were talking about doing some advice letters. Yeah, I feel like we've got a lot to offer. We've got wisdom. We've got savvy. <laughs> we've got book smarts. We've got street smarts. And I, I was talking to you about this. And I was like, dude, if people need advice, we're the, we're the place to go. We're the place to go. And a friend wrote in. No so, way. Yes. So um, they write, Dear Garage, my current roommate just informed me that he was moving out. This should be the best day of my life, but it's putting me into a little bit of a pickle. My boyfriend of three years and I have never talked about living together. So it's not that I'm completely against living with him. I just don't want to ruin a good thing. 
We are both super independent, so having separate spaces is working really well. It's also so nice looking forward to seeing him constantly. Is it weird if I don't broach the conversation with him? Am I being an aloof idiot? I love that. Um, please help. Best, Mr. Independent. Haha, <laughs> that's funny. Good, good closure name. Yes. Oh, wow. So this is like serious stuff. I was, you know, I was imagining like they're looking for like dishes to cook during the shutdown or something. This is like life <laughs> advice. <laughs> I was going to like ask for like shoe brand recommendations or oh. something. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to emotionally adjust to the importance of this question. What is your gut reaction? Are you so sorry? First, I have to ask, do you, are you familiar with this person and the relationship they're in? Yes. Okay. So you're going to have a little bit better perspective on whether or not they should discuss moving in. Whereas I'm going to go in blind. So I think this is going to be super interesting. Okay. Um, I, my gut instinct was if it's don't, if it's not broke, you know, um, if it's working out well and you don't need to live together, sometimes people move in because they're like, Hey, let's save some money. Let's move in together. Yes. Um, so if you don't, if you don't, if it's not a must and you're enjoying your separate spaces and independence, then I say, keep it that way Yeah. and maybe look, look for a new roommate that isn't going to like murder you, but that's always a concern. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the qu- the question really is, do you want to be murdered or not? <laughs> <laughs> that should have been dear garage, <laughs> dear Mister <laughs> Independent. On a scale of one to ten, how much would you like to be murdered by your future new roommate, Craigslist roommate? Yeah. Um. So there's a couple things in here because I definitely got like big Gwyneth Paltrow vibes from this. You know, I think um she she shared maybe like a year ago that she and her husband Brad Falchuk have maintained excuse me who maintained separate residences since being married yeah um and I think a lot of people's reaction was like oh must be nice like you know we can't all afford two houses in Beverly Hills and right like the obvious answer is like no shit like yes it must be nice <laughs> but here's an example where I, I absolutely thought that this was going to be um we don't want to move in just to save money. And it feels like the question is a little deeper than that. Cause I have to, I have to say, I'm a little surprised that if they've been in a relationship for three years, that they're not talking about living together. Um, yeah. And I feel like uh, I have certainly been in relationships where I felt too either insecure or intimidated to really initiate conversations about the future. And I think, um, you know, the, the challenge of being a, a woman of a certain age is that your biological clock is ticking and you have to worry about, you know, are we going to get serious enough um, by X date so that we can have kids together? Yeah, make enough babies. But I also, you know, I think three years is a super long time to have not discussed it. And if they didn't say that, um, I you know, I, I would be less concerned, but I guess part of my question is like, well, why, why haven't you talked about that? You know, if, yeah. Um, is it not even, are you young enough that you're not, um, you know, really thinking about what it looks like to quote settle down, but you know, three years isn't casual. That's not a casual relationship. Right. 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 Am I making too big of a deal out of this? <laughs> no, no, no. 
<laughs> Do you want some shoe recommendations? <laughs> um, so, no, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, I think, yeah, for me, for women, me, I was like, okay, put a fucking ring on it. Yeah. And we were already living together by then. So I was like, but three years, I think we were, we were like already engaged and I don't know. Yeah. No, this is, yeah. this is big. I feel like the obvious answer would be the, the actual question was, do I talk to him about it or not? And I, my answer to that is absolutely you talk about it. To be able to say, right, to see where, hey, I really, see where yeah, at. exactly. Hey, I really love you, but I think we enjoy this independence thing. I just want to make sure you're totally comfortable with me finding another roommate. It doesn't have to be like, what are we doing in this relationship? Yeah. <laughs> Why haven't you asked to move in with me? Um, because if if the roommate moving out is only causing them to question whether or not they have to have the conversation about it, Maybe that's the simplest answer is like, yeah, yes, yes. Have the conversation. Yes, it would be super weird. (laughs) If you just get another roommate and never mention it. Um, (laughs) Not to mention. Yeah. Yeah. But but deeper than that. Yeah. yeah, Deeper than that, I would just say, um, you know, if you have some sense of whether or not you want to have a family someday or if you do want to be married, um, that if you if you're reluctant to live with your partner three years in um hopefully you guys are on the same page right this is from someone who is happily single (laughs) (laughs) am i the worst person to be giving relationship (laughs) advice probably (laughs) no but that no that made sense like yeah talk about it and if if it's if you're both fine then yeah Get to looking. Get to looking for another. <laughs> well, I have a friend who, um, she's a friend of mine from undergrad, and after college, she like wasn't really sure what she wanted to do. So she was kind of like, didn't really have like a career that she was following or anything like that, and ended up moving to Hawaii just to live there for a couple of years. And you know, Ooh. like God, God bless anyone who can afford that. Um, and. Uh, moved into a house randomly on Craigslist. So had two roommates uh, in this house and ended up falling in love with one of them. And they're married and they have three little boys and they're like, yeah, they've been married. Oh my gosh, probably for like 10 years now. Um, And so maybe Mr. Independent is going to fall in love with their future roommate. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah, you either get murdered or you fall in love. Or when they move out, they steal all your silverware. Has it happened? There's only three options. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. When your roommates move out and then all of a sudden, like, the good spatula is gone, 100%. Oh. This yeah. is the crisis of living with other adults as an adult. They steal your shit when they move out. That's mine. That's really what he needs to worry about. So tell your friend. <laughs> <laughs> to lock up the silverware for the next three weeks um, until the roommate is moved out and yeah talk to their boyfriend yay. yay that was fun that was fun yeah i don't know what you you had better insight than i know the person so i okay. was just talking shit basically <laughs> <laughs> oh well um all right i think that 
it's time to talk about something also fun. Uh, it is Black History Month. It is. February. Uh, the common complaint is that this is the shortest month of the year. So that's yeah. bullshit. But <laughs> tight four weeks on the calendar. So if everyone would like to like pull up a calendar and just look at what February looks like this month, this year, I should say, it's like, like just flawless. It's a, a work of art. Started on a Monday, ending on a Sunday. Huh. What? Yeah, Ooh, you couldn't ask for more. Kind of like that. Um, talk to me about Black History Month, Marie. What are your thoughts? Um, so let's go back on this day in history. Oh, fun. Let's play it. Yeah. And on this day in history in 1964, Congress passed the Civil Rights Act. Fun. Yay. The Civil the Rights Act. Act. Discrimin- Here's what I found. Oh. Hey. <laughs> Zuri heard me and she's like, here's what I found. What what did you say that woke her up? I don't know. Maybe I pushed a little button. Oh, got it. Wah, wah. What did she find? Um, <laughs> it pulled up all these articles and I was like, okay. Um, the act made discrimination illegal on the basis of race, color, religion, national origin, and sex in public accommodations, employment, and programs that are federally funded. The final bill has passed. Uh, the final bill was passed in June of that. Oh, okay. Year. So this is like uh, one step for a man, but the giant leap for mankind is uh, happens in June of that year, 1964. Yes. I, you know, it's it's hard to think that when that act was passed that we would fast forward to the very futuristic date of 2021 and have just mm-hmm. made so little progress on the issues of social justice. Exactly. And, you know, it's like, it, it's hard to think about, but um, I found out that Black History Month is also celebrated in other countries, which I love. It used to be called yes. at one time, I think it was referred to as African American History Month. And so Black History Month actually refers to the African diaspora. So it's the, the people who have come from Africa um, around the world. So it's not just American, which I think is cool. Where else is it celebrated? Canada, oh. Ireland, the Netherlands, and the UK. Um, in Europe, it's celebrated in October. Oh, nice. Okay. So we, if we wanted to, we could actually celebrate Black History Month twice a year. Why yeah, let's we? get into it. I'm going to put a little note on my calendar. And we're going to celebrate <laughs> Irish. What's UK? What is the, <laughs> what's the UK? <laughs> the, Brit, uh, the Brits? I don't know. So Ireland is an independent country, but then the UK. Oh, is the UK the one that has like Wales? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Okay. Someone told, yeah, someone told me that once and I, yeah, you're right. Um, but I love to hear that it's celebrated other places. That's cool. Yeah. Me too. That is very cool. Um, so I shared with you, I am donating to a different social justice nonprofit every month. Um, and so in Yay. honor of Black History Month, I made my $100 donation to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Um, so... Yeah, you know, I was looking on the Black Lives Matter website 
Um, and they actually have a list of partners. So they're actually shouting out other nonprofits now, which I thought was really cool. I, I donated to BLM last year and I was gonna do that again. And then I was like, well, you know what? If they're propping up partners, I wanna recognize that and honor that. So um, awesome. thanks, NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Great work. Great work, guys. Good, good job, guys. Um, what What else is going on? We also thought we'd talk about a hero of the week. Yes. Doing a good job. We wanna we wanna celebrate them. I love that. So um I saw an article on BuzzFeed and this gentleman is at that gig doctor, <laughs> which I love, <laughs> who prefers to go by his username per- for privacy. He's a 29-year-old primary care physician from Chicago. So young guy. And he's a little cutie, too. You you guys have to look him up. So he works at a clinic that focuses on underserved populations. And he's built a solid following on TikTok for posting about inclusive medical practices. Very cool. Um, He's going viral. He went viral last week for talking about patients who find themselves going down the WebMD rabbit hole. Oh, guilty. (laughs) Um, Quote, this is from him. If you're a Googler and you have a certain idea in your head about what might be wrong, I want to know that. He explained Uh, the reason I want to know that is because it might be accurate and it might be something that I didn't consider. I also probably know a decent amount about that topic and can tell you what tests we have to order to either rule in or rule it out. Uh, he goes on, if, some, if it's something that's completely off base, uh, it gives us a chance to talk about reasons why it's probably not that diagnosis and the ways that we know that. So, um, end quote. That was, he's awesome. So, at that gig doctor is being praised on TikTok and Twitter, and many have said that uh, they wish his methods were more widely used. So good advice, right? I love that. That's so amazing. Yeah. I feel like that is so inclusive. And the fact that he has chosen with his life's work to focus on underserved communities. Um, you know, I think the challenge of med- medical care when you're not literally, you know, a cis hat white male um yeah it you know it really marginalizes people and it's it's so interesting that he would choose to lean in on people researching their own shit um I remember reading an interview with a female doctor a couple years ago and she said her first question to patients who come in with a concern so like not for routine checkups is what did google tell you (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, yeah and I feel like it comes from this place of like true compassion and curiosity um that's really amazing yeah what a hero I love that right oh plus I love BuzzFeed I know (laughs) I get Harry gives me shit for like looking at BuzzFeed and TMZ I'm like dude they've got some they've got some good shit on there no I I love BuzzFeed because they're constantly adding new content so it's almost like a proxy for social media you know social media is like the forever internet you like never have to choose like what url you're gonna type in it's just like constant stimulation and BuzzFeed is like almost the same exactly I read their trashy product roundups you know I, I think like probably a third of their revenue model is affiliate marketing. So they're always like promoting products. And then if you click on it, you buy it, they get some sort of 
um, kickback. Seems like it's mostly sure. from Amazon. Yeah. And maybe like two weeks ago, I was reading, I, I don't care. I'm a sucker for it. It's like 20, you know, amazing products that'll transform your bathroom. And I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> and I was reading through it and I was having this issue in my shower. I had gotten my very old iron bathtub uh, resurfaced because it was um, it was like chipping and aging and someone who owned okay. the house previously had I think literally painted it with house paint oh no yeah it was crazy it was like falling apart and I had it resurfaced but when the guy resurfaced it he was like hey don't set like shampoo bottles or soap or anything like that in the corners and I'm like well that's like prime real estate my friend yeah. And so I have this like stupid little shower caddy that was like not holding all my products and I didn't know what to do. So I was like, you know, pouting every time I got in the shower. Cause I had to like do this weird Tetris with my like shampoo conditioner, et cetera. <laughs> and in this Buzzfeed article, it was, I'm sure you've seen them before. It's like, uh, almost looks like a, sh- like a hanging shoe caddy. It's got like pockets yeah yeah and it's specifically for your shower curtain so you hang it from the inside of your shower curtain and it's completely mesh so if it gets wet the water just drips right through it brilliant i know and it was like 12 dollars on amazon and it has upgraded my life happiness significantly because i've got my body wash hanging from there now i got a little sugar salt scrub thing from trader joe's it's this like stupid like big tub it's like a very impractical shape and size now I'm just <laughs> hanging out in my little curtain yes so thank you buzzfeed sponsored post hashtag oh, yeah. ad no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things it's the little things man i love it all right who else are we pumped about who do we want to give some snaps to okay more snaps uh, another new segment yays and booze or we call them um Roses and thorns over here. At oh, the I love it. House. Are you giving each other roses and thorns? It's just like you say something good that happened in your day and something bad that happened in your day. Or if you don't have any, like, you're like, well, I didn't have any booze today or rose thorns, then yeah, that's nice. Love it. All right. So let's get into some yays. Ooh, 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 um, <laughs> Marion Webster added the term second gentleman. <laughs> To its dictionary defined as, quote, the husband or male partner of, vi- of a vice president or second in command of a country or jurisdiction, end quote. Um, the second gentleman, Doug M. Hoff, reacted on Twitter writing, I might be the first, but I won't be the last. I have full body goosebumps right now, Marie. Like I full body that. goosebumps. You know, I this is a little, it's bittersweet because I remember the debate about what Bill Clinton would be called if and when Hillary were to be elected. I don't know if you remember that whole debate. And there were a lot of like funny ones, but it was like a real question because for us it was unprecedented. And I think that he, I know, um, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. It's Cindy. I think it's Levy um, is a a former magazine editor wrote an op-ed about why this is so important and the fact that he has been acknowledging that the second lady was so often a really overlooked position and that it really didn't get a lot of credit. And I remember (laughs) um, 
in Michelle Obama's book, The Coming. Yeah. She says, oh, well, you know, I got there and they started talking to me about like what my platform should be. And, you know, what am I going to do about this issue? And what does my schedule look like? And I was like, are you paying me for this time? And she had to point out that like, she had a full-time job for four years that she was not compensated for and a full-on travel schedule. And here she had come from being this high-powered executive. She um, had worked in healthcare right before they um, became, right before her husband became president. And she was like, is it not totally fucking bonkers that you want me to work full-time for zero pay? Like that's bonkers. Um, wow. Yeah. I didn't even think, I never thought yeah. about that. Especially oh because God. if you think about, let's just say she was making, you know, I don't know, salary benefits, total comp, $200,000 a year. We're talking about a million dollars of lifetime earnings that she was deprived of. She just like, yeah. Although, got that Netflix money, Marie. They got that Netflix money now. Talk about it. Uh, Michelle Obama's cooking show for kids. I'm excited for this. Uh, the former first lady tweeting, quote, I'm beyond thrilled to share that on March 16th, I'll be launching a new show on at Netflix called Waffles and Mochi. How cute. <laughs> um, I'm excited for families and children everywhere to join us on our adventures as we, as we discover, cook, and eat delicious food from all over the world, end quote. I'm excited. I don't know if I have ever so eagerly anticipated a Netflix show to launch. <laughs> I just want to like spend some time with her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Waffles and mochi. And I, I was reading more about it and it's, um, it sounds like it's going to focus on, um, you know, like cultural dishes. So it's featuring the cuisine of, of other cultures, you know, not just. I love that. Or, um, Meat and potatoes, American quote American yeah, burgers and fries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I just, I, I actually have to admit to you, when they signed the Netflix development deal a couple years ago, um, I didn't understand that they were going to be on camera for it. Like the first thing that came out was her becoming documentary, and I was like, oh yeah, it's a documentary, yes. of course. You know, that's yeah, perfect. And so the fact that she's doing something like this just thrills me deeply because it's so unexpected. I love it. I love it. I love it. What else is going on in the world? What are our, our yays? Our roses. Our yays. The roses. Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement has been nominated for the 2021 Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, this is like, this This is maybe the highlight of my year. I mean, it would be the highlight if they won. But yeah, so well deserved. Uh, what were they nominated for? What was the, the pitch? Um, so quote, bringing forward a new consciousness and awareness about racial, racial justice and quote, and, uh, BM, BLM said it's only getting started oh. in its fight for racial justice. It's only beginning. I'm like emotional today. I'm just going to goosebumps up and down, but someone else very near and dear to our hearts <laughs> on the yes. hearts of America also got nominated. No, not Jared Kushner. Oh God. Um, <laughs> Yes, our girl Stacey Abrams. I love you, Abrams. What I is there? Could there be a tie? They they award multiple Nobels. Yeah, come yeah, on. Come on. I know they do for science. I don't know if they do for the Peace Prize. 
Yeah, I uh that's a tough one between those two. Yeah, share it. Let's share it. <laughs> the Glenn Close, Glenn Close, and someone else uh, both got a was it a Golden Globe a couple years ago, and I was like, wow, didn't didn't know they could do that. Didn't know you could split a prize like that. Um, oh, I feel like with Stacey Abrams, this is like the only analogy I can come up with is like <laughs> you like interview for a job and you don't get it. And then, like, two years later, you're the chairman of the board. <laughs> it's, like, yes. it's like, oh, you didn't elect her as governor of Georgia. Okay, well, she's going to single-handedly, although not literally, but single-handedly yeah. transform democracy in America and then get nominated yep. for a motherfucking Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> okay, bye, Georgia. Bye. <laughs> bye, Georgia. Cue Diana Ross. I'm coming. Oh, I want the world <laughs> Can Piper and Lola learn that song too? <laughs> yes. Remix. That'll be next. <laughs> okay. Now every rose has its thorn. Every rose has its Who thorn. Who yeah. are we pissed at this week, Marie? We are booing um, these freaking anti-vaxxers. So <sighs> officials closed the main entrance to Dodger Stadium, one of the largest vaccination sites in the country. For about an hour, this was two Saturdays ago now, um, after 40 to, 40 to 60 anti-vaccination demonstrators appeared on Stadium, stadium Way holding signs that decried masks while shouting unfounded claims about the dangers of the vaccine. That blows my mind. I mean, why do they get, why do they need to be in the middle of the street? Like, you can be on the side of the road while people, people are waiting hours and hours to get their vaccines. You don't need to close the whole facility down like I don't I don't understand that I part. also kind of don't get like I my I always go back to and it was the same way with the Capitol riot I always go back to like what is your process of thinking when you get in your car in Los Angeles and decide that you're going to drive over to go get in the way of someone else making a choice about their body because the whole ar- yeah, yeah the whole argument choice. is like oh you know, there's chips, you don't know what shit is in there, whatever. And I'm like, okay, so you just don't get one. Like, why Why are you in the way of me getting one? I want to be part of the zombie apocalypse. That's fine. Like, <laughs> you're afraid I'm going to be a zombie? Are you trying to, like, prevent more zombies? But literally, for something that is such a personal choice, it is literally a medical procedure being done to your own body. What are they in the way for? Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. And I mean, like, you've, you've been to Dodger Stadium. That place is a nightmare. I wouldn't go yeah. there. I wouldn't go there. By- <laughs> Where did they park? Where did yeah. you park? I don't know. <laughs> We're only concerned about the traffic. Misbehaving <laughs> is where the fuck did you park? <laughs> Actually, I heard after I was making that joke, and I guess it was our last podcast episode. I heard that yeah. one of the rioters actually got caught. He was denying that he had been there, like so many of them had. And I guess he had yeah. had literally parked a couple blocks away and had gotten parking tickets because he had parked somewhere that he shouldn't oh. have. And that was how he got caught. I think that was like a Veronica Mars episode or something. <laughs> <laughs> like murder, she wrote. Like you got parked. Gotcha. Your fucking parking tickets. Oh my yeah. God. What a 
stupid. So I, you know, maybe I'm joking, but it's like when they say follow the money for like crimes, follow the money. Now mine is going to be, (laughs) where did you park? Follow the parking ticket. Who drives in LA if they don't absolutely have to? So I don't know if you've seen anything about this hashtag free Britney movement that's been taking over social media. Talk to us. So I'm not I'm not on social media, so I'm only on the fringes of it, just reading articles about it or friends talking about it. Um, the movement stems from the conservatorship that Britney has been under since 2007. Ooh. That blows my mind. Um, and it's controlled by her father. So a documentary came out called Framing Britney Spears. Uh, This came out last week, uh, produced by the New York Times and can be seen on Hulu. Oh, my God. I watched that shit. Did you? I haven't been able to yet. I'm all about Free Britney. Are you? Talk to me. I am. So it's, it's just a very succinct take on her rise to fame and then her subsequent, quote, fall from grace, which was total bullshit, as some people put it. Um. But watching this, you just see how ruthlessly she was scrutinizing yeah. the media. You see how fucking Justin Timberlake just kind of threw her under the bus after their breakup to help launch his solo career, which is pretty much the same thing he did to <gasps> Janet Jackson after the Super Bowl, nice. right? True. In 2004. So boo Justin, for one. <clears throat> and then boo the conservatorship because the documentary brings awareness to mental health the paparazzi's obsession with Britney Spears, she they could get up to a million dollars for one photo of her. So they were hounding her constantly. Um, and after watching, just to me, the conservatorship seems overkill. Britney's dad seems like a total asshole. Um, Britney has asked the court multiple times to remove her father as a conservator and appoint an independent bank, which makes sense. So um, that so far that request has been denied. I think they are back in court this week to try and figure something out. But I recommend giving it a watch. It's pretty. It's infuriating. So I haven't watched it. I have read a handful of articles about it, and I remember when the conservatorship was being reviewed, maybe in the fall, because they'd had someone take over in the interim because her father um, got really sick. Was having yeah. health issues. Yeah. And she was saying, I just wanted to keep being this lady if I have to at all. And her brother came out and basically said, I think it was her brother. Does she have a brother? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's basically it. Yeah. was like, hey, like, we all make our living off of taking care of her. And it, but he said it in like this really gross way where he wasn't like admitting that it's a conflict of interest. He literally said something like she would know how to write a check if she needed to. Something like, like really gross and creepy. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like Tom Hanks continues to pop up on our podcast because we love him. I think motherfucking <laughs> Justin Timberlake keeps popping up because he's such a shit bag. We were mad yeah. at him. I have yeah, friends tell me. Who still like love no. him and I'm like, he's a piece of shit. He's he is gross. so gross. Also, uh, they just announced that they had another kid. And I'm like, Jessica, girl, come on. Um, but yeah. 
he's so gross. He has absolutely made a pattern. Now, could you argue that that is the patriarchy at work and that they, you know, it is our social systems that we're allowing him to be a yeah. total dirtbag and punishing her? I mean, fucking Diane Sawyer yeah. with that interview with poor Brittany. It's like, uh. it's disgusting. You just realize that there are these people who are so vulnerable. Um, I was reading an article about this yesterday, actually, and it, someone linked to a clip of Craig Ferguson. Do you remember Craig Ferguson? Yeah, he's do, an actor. Yeah. He would, had a late night talk show at one point. He was very thick Scottish brogue. Um, and in the yes, like heart yeah. of her, you know, like 2008, 2009 sort of like breakdown, um, he actually went on his show and in his monologue was like, she's a child. She's 25 years old. She has two little kids. She's obviously suffering right now. I'm not going to make fun of her because it isn't funny. And we'll, we'll put the link in no. the, the show notes because it was really meaningful. But it was like, great, Craig Ferguson. Okay, Craig Ferguson versus everybody else. Everybody. <laughs> Poor so woman. what would it look like to free Britney? What is the actual ask? I think she wants to be done with the conservatorship. I don't know if that will happen. I guess it's really hard once you're under a conservatorship no. to get out of it. They were interviewing in the documentary. They interviewed an attorney who said, I've never known anyone to get out of a conservatorship because usually it's older people who can't take care of them. So they're like, the incompetent oh, okay. to do any like they cannot do so this this woman who she's touring she's still making music she you know she had that huge vegas residency and now she's finally saying i'm not gonna work because i'll i'll i'm just paying my father and whoever's around me like i'm just giving my money away basically so i'm wow. not gonna work anymore so screw this until i get my way yeah so so she's on strike yeah i mean it's Honestly, it's a little upsetting to know that she's in a, you know, consensual adult relationship as far as we know, but then treated like a child everywhere else where I'm like, you, you're letting her have a boyfriend, but she can't write a check. Like what? She's not a piece of meat. She's a human being. Yeah. Right. And she still has custody of her kids. She takes care of her children. It's not like she's, yeah, an invalid or whatever, you know, just... It's crazy. Sad. If we're going to blame Justin Timberlake, I also feel like we need to blame Kevin Federline. We haven't forgotten Kevin Federline. Is he in the documentary at all? Yeah. Mm, They talk about her marriage and how um, the one uh, famous night of her attacking the paparazzi with an umbrella after she shaves her head, after they follow her around, she shaves her head and then she starts beating the car with the umbrella. It's because she has had gone to Kevin's to see the kids. He uh. didn't let her in. She like goes around, drives around some more, trying to get a hold of him, goes back to his house, like still won't let her in the gate. Like with paparazzi swarming her this whole time, just following her, following her. And it's like, that was her fucking breaking point. She just wanted yeah. to see her kids. And he's like, no. So, Yeah. F you K fed. F U K fed. That is not where I yeah. thought we were gonna leave our thirteenth episode, but I I almost feel like <laughs> lucky, lucky 13, thirteen, episode thirteen, <laughs> that might be the right place to to leave it is F U K fed, F U J Fem. 
<laughs> free hashtag free Britney. Free Britney. Thanks, Love everybody. You guys. Bye. Bye. This has been Garage Atwa. Thanks for listening.